please turn in the Holy Word of God to Psalm 53. Psalm 53. If you think you've seen these words elsewhere, you have. This is also recorded in Psalm 14. David twice put these words down, inspired by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are some minor variations between the two of them. It could be speculated and has been by some that this version of the psalm was written at a later point in his life because he has more things that he fills out the details of within it. It's not truly important, but I am going to point out some of the word differences between the two psalms. Psalm 53. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Amen. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread. They have not called upon God. There were they in great fear, where no fear was. For God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God hath despised them. Oh, that, salvation, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When God bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Amen. Brethren, allow me to present to you, from God, through the inspired pen of David, godly anthropology. Now, for those of you who don't know what anthropology is, it is the study of man, the science of man. And if you look at it from man's method, it is one of the most corrupt studies there is. It is an attempt to disprove God, to show that man does not need God, that there is no value to God. It's, it is a combat against God. But let me give you what God says. This is God's study of man, right. what he thinks of us and yes. how he relates to us. Amen. This is truth, yes. unquestionable truth, inspired by God. This psalm begins and ends with a statement that should be viewed as an exclamation. The fool. Well, there's no mincing words there. Straight off, the fool. One with no knowledge, no understanding, is one who says there is no God. But remember, we're going to see ourselves in this passage. Every single portion of mankind out there, in here, and right here is in this psalm. Yes. We're all fools because at some point in our lives, even if we didn't think it consciously, how we lived has said yes. there is no God. Yes. We've sinned. And when we sin, we say there is no God to ourselves. We think we can get away with it. We think we can do what is wrong. We are fools. Accept it. We have been this man first described here, or one. Corrupt are they. They have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Let's, let's look at the depth of God's view of man here. It starts with, in their hearts, they think there is no God. It starts with your heart. Then corrupt are they. It goes to your mind. We think corrupt things. Then they have, they have done abominable iniquity. We've gone and done things that were wrong. So we start with our heart, then our mind, that we've done things. And just to make sure it's clear, 
There is none that doeth good. So we don't just do wrong. We avoid doing right. We are bad on every single level. Corrupt. Wrong. That is man. This is God's view of man. Verse 2. And some of you are going to institutions or have heard at various points in your lives about how, how God views man, you know, that God looked down from heaven. They've got to justify election because election's in the Bible. I mean, the word's there. The concept is there. They can't avoid it. So they have to justify election by saying, God looked down from heaven and he looked upon mankind and said, that one, that one right there is going to believe on me, is going to accept me, is going to want to serve me. And so I'm going to elect him. That's what they say. And if you haven't heard it before, I'm sure we can introduce you to somebody that will tell you that. They say it frequently. Well, this is what God has to say, because he did look down from heaven. He looked completely at every single person that there ever has been or ever will be. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any, any that did understand, that did seek God. Were there any? Every one of them is gone back. And, and again, I have to point out a little difference between 14 and 53. 14 says they've all turned aside. And this it says they've gone back. We haven't just gone in the way of God and decided, well, we're going to vary this way a little bit. No, we ran the other direction. We turned back and we said, there's God. I want that way. I want hell. I want destruction. I want death. That is our sinful, cursed nature. Every one of them has gone back. They are all together become filthy. Every single person, highest to lowest, oldest to youngest, is become filthy, filled with sin. There is none that doeth good. None? No, not one. Amen. Not even I, and say it to yourself, think it in your own heart, in your own mind, and understand, not even I. There is nothing good in any of us. No, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge? How, how mad are they in their pursuit of sin? Who eat up my people as they eat bread? It's something so easy to persecute the righteous and those who do good as it is just to eat bread. It means nothing. It makes no difference. They have not called upon God. They, they don't think about God. We don't think about God in our own selves, in our own flesh. Yet, God has still given a remembrance. There's a question asked. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge? There is knowledge. There were they in great fear, where no fear was. God has put a conscience within us. God has put a light in our souls, a candle, to tell us when we do wrong. And every man has that. It leads to shame. It leads to fear. It leads to guilt. As the Proverbs say, that the wicked flee when no man pursueth. Well, we see it right here. There were they in great fear where no fear was. We've run in fear and in guilt and in shame, and we've hidden ourselves because we're just like every other man. And God has left a further witness. For God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. This world and its history, this book and what's contained in it, shows the scattered bones of those who have resisted God the names of great men who have raised themselves up. How about Pharaoh? You want to be Pharaoh? Who is the Lord? To confess at the bottom of the Red Sea that you know who the Lord is as he buries you there. You want to be Haman? You want to be Haman? You want to raise yourself up in Persia and think you're great? You'll be hung on your own gallows. 
We have witnessed, we have testified in the word of God through both our conscience and in history, God scatters the bones of those who resist him and who oppress his people. Thou hast put them to shame because God hath despised them. God puts his enemies to shame. And remember, we're his enemies. We are the same as every other person here. We're his enemies. He has put, he has put us to shame because he has despised them. Despised. What manner of love is it that he despises them? So brethren, there's God's view of us. There's anthropology. We are corrupt. We are fallen. We have nothing. We are wicked. We are evil. It's pretty grim, isn't it? But that's why this psalm has the second exclamation at the end. In fact, it even has an exclamation mark with it. Oh! Is that word, that little two-letter word there, meaningful to you? Oh! Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. Do you feel the power, the desire from David? Let that salvation come from Zion for us. We are in these first five verses. We are buried in sin. We have no escape. Oh, that salvation were come from out of Zion. Has it come? Has it come for us out of Zion? When God bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Did Jesus bring us salvation? Let's, let's look at the word captivity for just a second. I, I want you to think about something. The word captivity caught my eye. What did Jesus do with captivity? He went captive. He took it captive. That's how great he is in our salvation. We are buried in the depths of hell through the first five verses here. And then salvation comes through Jesus. Amen. And he, he buries that captivity. He takes it and he uses it for his own purposes. He is great and glorious. Brethren, view yourself as you are. In your natural man, you are the fool. You are at enmity with God. He despises you. And he has every right to. He has every right to despise me. But salvation has come. Salvation has come out of Zion. And so, as the psalmist ends, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Rejoice and be glad. He has led captivity captive. Amen. Amen.